What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo Podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. Yo, what's going on, people? I just wanted to talk about something. Um, First off, how is everyone? I know it's been a while. Um, I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm busy. Um, I'm trying to do these as consistent as possible, but I'm here. So we lit. Um, But I wanted to talk to you all about something that I actually just did a lesson on in my Bible study. And um, it was basically about Christian community um, and the importance of it. And it's very, very interesting. And, you know, as we live in a time right now where there is so many ways to go. There's a lot of subjective opinions. And honestly, even when it comes to Christianity, there really needs to be a level of discernment that takes place when it comes to who you surround yourself um, when it comes to Christians. And this is very, very important. And so this is what I thought to talk about today. And so um, I'm basically just going to talk about the importance of this. And so in your walk with Christ and learning to become more like him and learning to become a disciple like the importance of accountability is so crucial the importance of christians being surrounded by you is so crucial but in this day and age it's really really sad because we're in the point now where and this is what i was saying earlier when i said like as a christian you really need to ask for a great level of discernment because a lot of people claim to be christians so if you're looking for a christian community you can find it But the question is, is are these Christians at the caliber that you need them to be in order for your growth and in order for your progression in the kingdom? Right. So we have Christian, we have proclaimed Christians that believe that homosexuality is okay. We have proclaimed Christians that believe that smoking weed is okay. We have proclaimed Christians that believe that um, not going to church is okay. We have proclaimed Christians that believe that reading tarot cards and burning sage and believing in uh horoscopes and things of that nature they think that's okay so we have a lot of people that claim to be in the christian light and they have certain perspectives and certain beliefs about things that are very very interesting we have christians that believe that the spirit of god um that the gifts of the spirit are no longer operating we have christians that believe that the fivefold offices are no longer in operation we have christians that believe that nobody is able to speak in tongues anymore, right? We have Christians that believe that the supernatural has ceased. There's a group of believers that are cessationists that basically mean that basically means that no form of supernatural gifts, no form of supernatural manifestations of God. We have Christians that believe that worship shouldn't be emotional or praise to God shouldn't be emotional. Um so it's very very interesting when it comes to the idea of what a Christian is. We have Christians that disagree with Jesus and what he said in his word. We have Christians that believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, but that there are other ways that you could go to heaven by being a good person. We have Christians that believe this. We have Christians that believe that hell isn't real. And this is so, so interesting. And I guess the reason why I'm going into this is because in order for you to have a fruitful community, you have to discern where the community of the believers are at in regards to who you're approaching. So 
And it's sad, but we have a lot of Christians. We have a lot of proclaimed Christians, but we have a lot of communities that are unfruitful that are that involve these proclaimed Christians. Right. And so it's it's really sad because we have to ask the Lord for discernment and we have to say, okay, this person claims that they're a Christian. But does this mean that I can facilitate an environment with them? that will benefit my growth or benefit my progression or my purpose in the Lord. And so even when it comes to people just proclaiming being a Christian or proclaiming the name of Jesus, right? Jesus said in the scriptures, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so we really have to ask ourselves and open up our eyes to really see like, okay, these people are claiming to be Christians. These people have, they go to church, they know the routine and they, they, say the prayers and they do all of these other things, but are they really walking this thing out for real, for real? And this is why a lot of Christians are suffering. This is why a lot of Christians are going through turmoil because the people that claim to really be Christians and are inviting people into Christians into Christian communities aren't really walking this thing out for real. And I'm going to go into that more as to like why it's really bad for believers to be alone. And so we'll start off with the verse verse with the first verse. And this this can be twofolded, like your demise when it comes to Christian community, it can be your fault, but it could also be the fault of the people that you're pursuing community with. And so we just spoke about that, how a lot of people that claim to be in Christian communities, they're not really operating in biblical ways or in biblical facets, right? But in other instances, it could be us. We're the problem. We're the reason why we don't have any Christian community. And so... Uh, Proverbs chapter 18 verses one says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So in this scripture, right, we see uh, the book of Proverbs using a man as an example, a man who isolates himself. So it's a difference between someone being isolated and someone who initially isolates themselves. When you isolate yourself, that means you are intentionally withdrawing yourself from something. You are making the step to make sure that you are not involved or you are not engaged in whatever way, shape or form. Right. And so we see here that the Bible says that a person who is isolated, that they seek their own desire, right? So that means that they're selfish. That means that they're not considering other people. And honestly, it makes sense. Why? Because they don't have to, because it's only them, right? It's, it's just me and Jesus. There's nobody else. So the only person that they really have to consider, the only person that they really have to think of is just them. But the problem with that is, is that he rages, the Bible says he rages against all wise judgment, right? So that means that this person is not just like they are alone. They are not alone physically because the Bible shows in this verse that they are receiving judgment and that they are raging against it. And so what this shows is isolation is not just by actions. It's uh, it's by heart posture, right? Because in this verse in Proverbs chapter 18, verses one, we see this man who is um, who is initiating and isolating himself. Right. And he's receiving judgment, but he's raging against it. Right. And so honestly, it's also speaks to his response to judgment. Right. 
It's one thing to reject it. It's another thing to be enraged at it. It's another thing to be frustrated, right, at wise judgment and at wise counsel and things of that nature. So this man has isolated himself to the point to where when somebody tries to give him wisdom and tries to give him judgment, not only does he reject it, but he rages at it. It makes him angry. It makes him frustrated, right? It, it stirs something on the inside of him that makes him become enraged. And that's for your demise. It's something that the enemy tries to orchestrate. And so when you're isolated, you can't hear wise counsel because it's only your perspective that you're dealing with. Right. Um, there's another verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 14. I love Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. Um, it says where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So obviously we see that through these verses, the enemy tries to use isolation um, to, to allow for unsafe environments. And this is sad because you have people that are remaining stagnant who aren't even seeking community and they feel like they're okay with being on their own. They're okay with being isolated and they're just trying to do their own thing. But what they don't realize is the enemy is trying to instill in them a mindset to where they can't take correction. They can't receive anything or from anybody outside of them or anything that is different from what they perceived it to be, they won't be able to receive it, right? And so if there's safety in a multitude of counsel, then that means there's danger within no counsel. And so it, it, it stops the progression of a believer. It stops the progression of a believer. And what it does, it, 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 it keeps you from comparing yourself to the cross, right? It, it keeps you from account. It keeps you from accountability, right? The problem with this is this is why this is why Christians need accountability. This is why we need community, because you don't need the problem with being alone is you're the only one holding yourself accountable to your walk with Jesus. There's nobody else. And the sad part about this is secretly in a lot of Christians hearts. They like this. They like not being held accountable. And a lot of people don't want to be around people. And a lot of people don't want to hang around Christians because a lot of Christians don't want to hang around Christians is because they know that Christ, real, authentic, biblical Christians are going to hold them to the standard that Jesus would want them to live. And they don't like that. And so because they don't like that, they would prefer to isolate themselves because this is the thing you you are not you can still be isolated, but still be around people. And what do I mean by that? As a Christian, if you hang around worldly people, you are isolated. You don't have any friends that are saved. All of your friends are carnal. All of your friends are surface level. All of your friends go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and aren't really seeking the Lord for an intentional relationship. So you have people around you, but really in the spirit, you are isolated because you don't have a full, you don't have a strong foundation of a community of a people that can hold you to the standard that Christ sets. And so now the reason why it's dangerous for only you to hold your accountable to uh, only you to hold yourself accountable to the uh, to your walk with Christ is because when it comes to your ideologies and when it comes to your opinions and when it comes to your perspective, you're biased and you know that. And whether if you want to admit it or not, it's true simply because you believe something and simply because something has been ingrained in you, you're going to handle it with bias. Right. And so when you look at yourself and so you're evaluating yourself and you're conducting introspection of your character and the way that you act right you you may you may take it light on yourself 
because it feels good to you. But you need somebody outside of yourself that can challenge you and say, this is not okay. You shouldn't be doing this. This is not the standard that Christ would want you to live, right? And so the problem with this is when you when you create your own perspective of how you should be confronted and you're by yourself, there's nobody outside of you to challenge that. So that means the system that you've created in confronting yourself and correcting yourself can't be challenged, can't be examined, can't be scrutinized by anybody else but you. And that's not okay because you're flawed and you don't, sometimes we as people, we have to humble ourselves because sometimes we don't even know what we need. There have been plenty of times where I've been corrected, where I've been rebuked. And in the moment I was frustrated and I was mad, but looking back at it, I realized that I was needed and God used people to correct me and to set me in order. And so this is why Christian community is so important, right? Even when it comes to your walk of Christ and progressing in God, right? There's a level of there, there's a level of passivity that can be um, exemplified in Christian communities. What do I mean by that? I, I put on a YouTube video that even people who claim to be Christian, they will remain stagnant because their group or their circle are a bunch of surface level Christians that are satisfied with where they are. And so what, what's important and what's imperative to people is that they are in a place amongst believers to recognize that there is no end to God. The Bible says that he is the alpha and the omega, that he is the beginning and the end. So that means the end is him and he's infinite. So that means even though he's the end, there is no end to him, which means that there should always be growth. There should always be progression. There should always be a level of um, devotion and, and a level of tugging and a level of conviction that is causing you to go into the deeper things of God. And so the problem is, is we have a lot of Christians that are stagnant, that are suppressing who they are. And, and I'm, I'll go into that later on. They're stagnant and they're suppressing who they are because they don't have people that are challenging them, that are pulling them forward and saying like, okay, you're doing the bare minimum with your walk with Christ. There's a greater level that God is requiring of you, right? And so we don't want to say things like that because people will get offended. But the problem is, is now we have a lot of people suppressing the call of God on their lives, right? And so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest right here. Um, there's a there's a prophetic call on my life. Now, regardless of if I was in a community that could help walk me through that, I would still have the call. And so the problem is, is we have a lot of people who have the calls and they're in communities that are not initiating and pushing them in their call. But the issue with this is, is the call is still there. The, the, the journey and the mandate that God has laid out before them in their life is still there one way or another, but because they're in a group of people that don't have the caliber to pour into them, that don't have the caliber to help them, that don't have the caliber and don't have the eyes to see their destiny, they're remaining stagnant and they're in a comfortable environment. And so now because they've been in this environment for so long, when something comes and challenges their comfort they consider it legalism or they consider it control or they consider it some they consider it a bad thing because when you're in a comfortable environment and you're used to things being a certain way when you now see something that challenges that if you're not open and you've gripped onto the way that your life has been you won't receive what's coming your way 
The Bible says, behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. So your life should not be the same consistently through the years and the years. God is always doing something new. There's always a level of elevation. There's always a level of evolving that the Lord wants to take you through. And if you are in a place where everything is the same for years and years and years, I believe that there's something that needs to be confronted in your walk with Christ because that shouldn't be taking that shouldn't be taking place. Right. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right. Your newness in Christ never stops. He's consistently making you new every time there's an attribute or there's a level of refining that is taking place inside of you where you now have to die and Christ can live. That is you being made new. So if God has to take you from being prideful to humble, that's him making you new. If God has to make you, if God has to take you from being arrogant to, um, well, it's the same thing, but if God has to open up your perspective from being closed off, right? Or if God is teaching you how to trust people more because of what you've been hurt, if God is teaching you how to forgive more, right? This is God making you new and he's consistently doing that, renewing your mind, right? Renew, right? You're renewing your mind daily, right? So it's a consistent process of you becoming new in the Lord. Um, So, oh, Jesus, that's good. I know, I know I'm speaking on here. Um, so yeah, when it comes to counsel, when it comes to, when it comes to believers, you really have to examine like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that we enjoy people and I understand people can be fun. I understand people can be enjoyable, but if that's just simply the basis of your friendship, then that's not good. Y'all you should be evaluating your friends and seeing like, Oh, okay. Like how am I elevating from them? In what ways are they challenging my character? In what ways are they challenging my perspective? How am I growing? How How is this friendship making me look more like Jesus? Not just because they can make me laugh on a Friday night or on a Saturday night or when we go out to eat, not just because I can have a good time with them, but but how how is this friendship initiating the process of me looking like Jesus and walking out his call that he has for my life, right? And so there's a specific scripture that I want to go over. Um, there's a specific scripture that I want to go over. Um, actually, hold on before I do that. And this is not what, what I'm going to go over. It's not a scripture. It's a story, but there's another scripture. And my grandmother used to say this all the time. And this is what Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. It's in first Corinthians chapter 15 verses 33. And the apostle Paul says, do not, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And when I say my grandmother used to say that, all the time and i'm real and and what first thing is that we as the church or we as people sometimes we'll just say the bad company corrupts good character and that's true but there's power in quoting the whole entire verse the bible says in this verse do not be deceived bad company corrupts good character and so i love the fact that the spirit of god led paul to write this because before he says anything about having bad company the first thing he says in the verse is do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. So what is Paul saying? You are deceived if you think that you can hang around alcoholics as your friends consistently and not fall into drunkenness. You are deceived if you think that you can consistently and actively participate with people's 
um, endeavors and you know that there's wickedness taking place at these events and thinking that your company, that your character is not going to be influenced by that. You are deceived in thinking that you can hang around anybody you want, regardless of your character, regardless of their place in God and have them to be a consistent friend to you and your character and your pursuit of the Lord will not be affected. One of the things that Paul was trying to get to the church of Corinth was one of the ways that the devil would love to deceive you is to make you think that who your friends are don't matter who your circle is doesn't matter who you choose to spend your time with on the phone or in person none of it matters it's just simply you chilling and have a good time and paul says do not be deceived you are moving in deception if you think the people that you hang around with, the people that you connect to, the people that you communicate with on a daily basis, you are being deceived if you think that their wickedness is not going to affect your good character. You're being deceived. So if you are moving in deception, come out of it and Face the reality and the truth of in order for you to be firm in your foundation in God, you have to be around people that can help carry you through that. Amen. Amen. So I want to go over a story because I've heard this plenty of times in conversations with people over the years since I've been walking with Jesus. I've only been saved for three years, but um, I'm just grateful for I'm just grateful for the amount that I've grown. But there's a scripture um, and I'm looking for it right now. So y'all just give me a second. Yes. So this is a scripture. This is a story of Jesus in Mark chapter two, verses 15 and 17. So I'm going to read this. And basically the, the context is, is the Pharisees were mad because Jesus essentially was eating with sinners. Um, and he was eating with tax collectors and things of that nature. And so it ruffled the religious feathers of the Pharisees. But I really want to I want to speak to this because a lot of people use this a lot of people use the scripture for something that it is not. So let's just read this. Okay. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 2 verses 13 through 17. Okay. So it says then he went out again by the sea and the, all the multitude came to him and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to them, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many and they followed him. And when the and when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick i did not come to the righteous but to call the sinners to repentance amen that is so good and so in this scripture right we obviously see first off this was not in the temple this was at levi's house so shout out to levi yes sir but this is a story where jesus is in levi's house and tax collectors and sinners sat with jesus and his disciples right and so we see the pharisees and the scribes they come and they confront jesus and they're frustrated because he's eating with wicked people and um so then jesus says i did not come for those that were uh that were well but i came for those who were sick 
those who are sick don't need a physician. I came to call the sinners to repentance, not the righteous, right? And so this is an amazing story because what I love is Jesus, what this story, this story shows two things, right? This story shows that we as people of God, when it comes to community and when it comes to interacting with people, we should never feel like we're better than anybody. We should never feel like we're less than, right? And so what I believe in in this scripture, what Jesus was picturing is he was picturing what authentic love looks like, meaning that you, sh you should be at the place to where the love of God inside of you is able to operate for anybody and you should be able to interact with anybody. You should be able to converse with anybody and show them the love of God, regardless of if they're saved and even if they are saved, regardless of where they are in the Lord. But you should be in a place to where you are able to operate with people. You are able to honor with people. You are able to love people, right? And that's fine because you're called to love your neighbor and your neighbor is anybody that is that is that is here on earth anybody that has been born anybody that is a person anybody that has been made in the image of god is your neighbor so there's no requirements to honoring your neighbor other than god said so there's no requirements of honoring people who are wicked and people who are in demonic activities other than the fact that god said that you need to right and so this is what jesus was doing he was exercising a level of humility and so what this verse is insinuating to us as believers is we should never be in a place to where we are too high and we are too arrogant and we are not able to operate and to function around those that don't know the Lord. Now, let me address something. What this verse is not or what this story is not is an, is an incentive to hang around wicked environments consistently and have friends that are carnal and are not pushing you towards your purpose. And so I want to just really examine this story. The Bible says that now it happened as he, and this is verse 15, Matthew, Mark chapter two, verses 15. It said, now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples for there were many and they followed him. And so what I, what I've came to, what I've came to uh, encounter a lot, what I've come to encounter a lot is I've heard people say, whether if it be in sermons, whether if it be in one-on-one -on -one conversations, whether if it be in Bible studies, whatever it is, people will say, well, Jesus sat with sinners. And I think we need to be very careful when we say stuff like that, because what this can do is it can allow believers, especially if they're immature and babes in Christ, it can allow, it can allow believers to think that it's okay for them to hang around people that are not pushing them to the call of God on their life. And so so we need context when we say certain things. So number one, when Jesus sat with these sinners and these tax collectors, he was not alone. The Bible says he was with his disciples. Okay. And so what I love to see, what I love, what I love to think about in regards to this text is in this, in this encounter, Jesus ate with the sinners. He ate with the tax collectors, right? But his closest friends were the disciples. There's a difference. And so what we have to do is when it comes to speaking about this verse and when it comes to having Christian community and even talking about Jesus sitting and eating with sinners, we have to know the whole story and we have to be we have to be very wise in the way we explain the context, because one, Jesus was not alone. Number two, he he his closest friends 
were disciples, right? And so what does it mean to be a disciple? This is good, Jesse. What does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is somebody that is intentionally learning the ways of God. The Greek word for disciple, it means to be a pupil. It means to be a student. It means to be somebody who is learning, right? And so in order for you to be a disciple, that means you have to learn. In order for you to learn, that means you have to be taught. In order for you to be taught, that means you have to submit. So Jesus's closest friends were people that were submitted to the teachings that the father released through him. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to say is, is though Jesus ate with sinners, his closest friends were people that were on the same trajectory that he was. Now, he was the son of man and he was perfect, right? So at the end of the day, they could never be on his level. They could never be in his realm because he was God in the flesh. But in regards to their mindset, in regards to the way that they walked into, in regards to the way that they walked in life and things of that nature, these people were disciples of Jesus. And so that means that they were in a state of consistently learning and consistently progressing when it came to the Lord and his principles. So this scripture is not an incentive to simply just hang around people because you're bored with church folk or because you don't like hanging out with Christians, right? What it's saying is, is you should be in a place to where you are humble, to where you are able to converse or you are able to operate with anybody. But what this verse is not saying is, is the company you keep can be of any form of caliber or any form of character. That's not what this is saying. Because as I said previously, Jesus's closest friends were the disciples, right? John the beloved was one of Jesus's closest friends. And so we have to remember that when we look at our savior, the people that he put around him, he was intentional about that. And so even when he went to this environment, he didn't go alone. Now, I'm not saying you can't go alone. There's no specific. There's no specific scripture for that. What I'm saying is this is in the Bible, in a story where our savior went to go fellowship with people that were not of a certain caliber. Right. That were not pursuing the Lord and his ways and were not in the kingdom. He did not go alone. Right. And so we have to just really be honest with ourselves and we have to come into reality. Influence is going to happen in a relationship. Either you're going to get influence or they're or they're going to get influence. And so we have to come to the realization that whoever we hang out with is going to influence us one way or another. And so we have to evaluate, is this influence a godly influence? Would Christ be pleased with the influence that is taking place in my life right now from this person? And so this is just a real question to ask. This is just a real question to ask. And so it's important to have Christian community and honestly to go into the people where it's not their fault, that they're actually looking for real Christian community. But the problem is, is we have a lot of Christians that don't have, I, I want to say that I want to be nice. We have a lot of people that are looking for Christian community, right? And they keep trying they keep trying to look and they keep trying to seek the Lord for Christian community but the problem is is a lot of the proclaimed Christians that are in their vicinity aren't really Christians and I know that's I know that's hurtful and I know that's sad right but like you're a Christian not just based off of what you say but based off of you based off of the way that you live Jesus said if you love me keep my commandments right if you're really a Christian, there's a level of repentance and submission that you have to the ways of God. And so a lot of people, 
they're not they're claiming it but they're not really that and i mean we're going to see that on judgment day when the lord comes back but i'm just saying like jesus said these people honor me with their lips they claim my name with their lips but their hearts are far from me and this goes to isolation you can say the words all you want but your heart is isolated from the lord the bible says a friend to the world is enemy to god and so regardless of what you say or what comes out of your mouth or where you're located on sunday morning or on a wednesday night regardless we can call things into question if your actions don't align with where you have been, because that could just simply mean that you were in the location, but your heart wasn't penetrated. Mm. So we have to really we really have to evaluate. And so we have to evaluate our circle. And so for those of you that are suffering in silence, like this is a burden that the Lord has been dealing with me about. And so you have not been overlooked like I hear, I hear you, I see you, and so does God. And so I really pray that God puts you around people that genuinely have a backbone when it comes to Christianity that can really be the remnant within the remnant, right? And so I'll put it like this. If you can't find a lot of who you are, that's a good thing. And the reason why is because if we're called to be the remnant, the remnant means that we are a we are a low population of something or we are a low amount of something so that means in order for us to be the remnant there can't be a lot of us so if you are living according to a standard right that has been set to you by jesus christ and there's not a lot of people around you good that shows that you're on the right path and it can be lonely sometimes but the bible says narrow is the gate narrow is the way that leadeth unto eternal life and so sometimes we think that because there's majority or there's a lot of people like receiving the way that we're living or a lot of people around us or accompany us accompanying us that simply means that God is pleased and that means that we're in alignment with him not necessarily right not necessarily um honestly that could make you wonder like if you are going forth in a Christianity that just anybody is okay with and anybody accepts I would genuinely question like, okay, so what is the Christianity that you're presenting? What is the Jesus Christ that you're presenting? Because my Bible says that they hated Jesus, right? Your Bible says that as they hated him, they will hate us because no servant is greater than his master, right? And so understand that you are on the narrow gate, but it is still important for us to have Christian community. And I believe that you know, you can't control the way that people live. I believe God does want people to have community. I just believe that some people just aren't willing to cooperate with the standard that he set. And so because of that, when community is now orchestrated, it's not really fruitful because a lot of it isn't biblical sometimes. And so, you know, it's a sad thing. But I will say, like, as long as your heart is open to receiving community when it comes, because I truly believe that if you pray and you seek the Lord as you may continue to, I really believe that God will not withhold any good thing from you. And I've received and I know about countless testimonies of people that were isolated, of people that didn't have anybody, of people that did not feel that the Christians that they were coming into were legitimate and could really hold them to the standard that God has set before them. But God still answered their prayers and put them around people that are able Able to pour into them and are able to and are able to push them in the destiny that the Lord has placed inside of them. And so, you know, I just really hope that this blessed you. Um, it's very important, y'all. Very important. So 
I just ask that you really seek the Lord and you you ask the Lord to show you if there's any specific community. And I pray that even the Lord increases your discernment in 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 looking through communities and examining certain communities that you may or may not want to join and really and asking the Holy Spirit that he would open your eyes to see if this is really coming from him or not, even though it may claim the name. Right. So I hope this blessed you. Um, stay tuned. I have not given up on Christ Convo. So, yes, love y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. Love you all. Peace. What is going on, beautiful people? I appreciate the listening and the support to the Christ Convo podcast. If you received any form of insight on this last episode, leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, whichever source you listen to this podcast. I will be back for a new episode. Stay tuned. Be blessed.